hooked up onto a psychic's website and um, they fully recognized the fact that spirit, that babies were, were spiritually aware. And I was like, hold on a minute, you know, that's all very well you knowing that, but us in the church, we need to know that, you know, we need to grasp that for ourselves. Welcome to today's episode of Raising Standards, and I am delighted to be joined by Samantha Smith, who I met a few years ago, and she is so inspirational when it comes to ministering to the youngest of children. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Sam, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Ollie. It's great to be here. Great to see you. Now, do you want to tell um, our people a little bit about yourself and your background? Yes, yeah, so I um, um, I trained in childcare, which probably feels like it's back in the Stone Age time now, but um, it was a few years ago. But that's how I started my um, my life with children um, was in nursery settings, and then um, soon after having my own. Um, child we I went into working within the church setting and I've stayed there really since I've dipped my toe back into the nursery setting for a few years and um, before having a further two children but um yes I predominantly worked within the church setting and that's kind of been across the board sort of mainly sort of not five year olds not to seven year olds and um it's on a Sunday it's doing children's camps you know those things we used to do when we had to camp in the rain <laughs> those things and um yeah just in various churches and um yeah it's been a joy been a journey and it's been exciting yeah and I know your heart is not just to look after the children and take good care of them but you want them to meet with the Lord can you expand a little bit on your vision for that and perhaps some of the things that have been happening recently um to give us a flavor of of what's in your heart yeah, I think very much so, but more probably in the last 10 years or so, I've just been really hungry for more and not and not settling for the, the less for these little ones. And um, it's been great to see um, just Father God just unpack that with me and take me on a journey with team, actually, with the people that I've worked with, um, which have been brilliant. And um, more recently, just was on my heart. I think it just really came out of COVID and thinking about what our groups look like as we go back and just got getting fresh heart and fresh vision um I noticed it was well it was funny we've been doing these young family zooms and I noticed that we had three Caleb's in our group and I was kind of going big Caleb middle-sized Caleb baby Caleb you know it was like all these Caleb's and I was like oh that's really interesting there's so many Caleb's and it just caught my attention and I just was just really felt um impressed to go into the word and just look at who Caleb was in the Bible and just got really excited about um this guy in the Bible and I mean he's a guy we all know isn't it but when you I really love just digging into the word and exploring through commentaries and um on him and just he he was um, a man who had a different spirit he was spoken about as a man who had a different spirit and through just seeing how he had encountered God probably as he worked with Moses and as he went into the promised land and held on to the word that God had for them and then led the people into their home um it was just really put a fresh um vision and um fresh um, excitement into what God was doing in the little ones and um Actually, it was through um, a lady, Katie Wilson in Belfast. I remember her saying to, in um, a seminar once, you know, really seek God about what God is doing in the season of children you have at that moment. And I just really felt like this Caleb word was a word for our little ones in, in the season we're in right now coming out of COVID and back into kind of normalish church, but not just for our children, but for, for all little ones, really, just this anointing that God has put on them to be warriors like Caleb, and um, that they can um, be, be warriors even when they're little, and it just reshapes the whole way that you look at early years in church and how that your expectations. And um, I, I wanted to just mention a um, vision that a friend of mine, Joe McCulloch, had, um, and I'll just um, briefly um, summarize it. But she basically had a vision of warriors coming together, like like many armies coming together, and her eyes were drawn down into one warrior, and. Um, 
he looked at her and he lifted up his visor to look at her and she, he had, he was a baby, he was a baby in the armor. And it was, I mean, I just got goosebumps because I just thought, wow, you know, the, the our babies are warriors in the kingdom. And this vision went on, the, um, the baby in the armor, the words he said was train them, train, train them, train them. He just, that was the word that she had from the vision was that about training our babies and um so that's been really exciting to really get hold of and really dig into and um, really have this as a promise for our for our babies now that it is about encounter that when they encounter father god for themselves when they catch god for themselves even as little ones that will then lead them into a strong relationship with jesus and that will lead us as the church as the body into revival and bring us into our promised land so yeah really exciting what god is saying i think over this generation so these children, they're like Caleb's and this this warrior, but who's a baby. Are you saying that when children are babies, they can be warriors for God's kingdom? Yes, I am. It's very exciting. Isn't it? Oh, so I we're think... talking about like Martin Luther style, nailing the theses to the door. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, this, this sounds like a little bit of stretching of things. Can you unpack that? what you mean by yeah, that a little I bit think, more? I mean, I think the journey that I've been on was really through through the word. And there's some Old Testament scriptures, you know, the, the things about um, uh, training up a child in the way they should go. And that, I mean, that's a verse that very much links to that promise about Caleb. Um, also, just the verses about Jeremiah and Isaiah both recognised their calling came from when they were in the room. And, um, and the Psalm um, 139 that talks about the fact that God is with us in the, in, while we're being created in the womb. And... Um, and I think, again, just recognizing afresh that babies are born knowing the presence of God. If they've known Father God in the womb, whoever their mother is, God was there, Father God was there. So they're born recognizing the presence of God. And I actually, um, you know how babies sometimes like look around and wonder and that they're seeing spiritual spiritually you know they're seeing supernatural stuff going on and I actually did some research into this and looked up onto a psychic's website and um, they fully recognized the fact that spirit that babies were, were spiritually aware and I was like hold on a minute you know that's all very well you knowing that but us in the church we need to know that you know we need to grasp that for ourselves and I think you know it's not it's just through through these words, in, especially in the Old Testament, that give God's heart for the children being powerful. I mean, there's the other one in Psalm, Psalms about um, the praise of our children breaking strongholds. I mean, that's incredibly powerful. Um, I remember once in um, crèche setting, we'd been to Belfast and we made a huge collage of um, Belfast, you know, with pictures and writings and the children's journal all over it. And then we worshiped and marched around that collage because we were like, this city is God's, you know, and I knew that the worship of these little ones was breaking strongholds. And that's really exciting. That's when they can become warriors in the yeah. kingdom. Amazing. So children are sensitive to the spiritual realm. And I, I think, you know, we, we could probably spend the next hour just sharing stories of ways we've seen children engaging with the things of God mm -hmm. at this age. And I'm sure there's going to be some more stories that will leak out along the way. But you also spoke um, about Jeremiah and Isaiah knowing their call. Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and set you apart to be the prophet to the nations. Does it make any difference to know what our children's call are or to know that God knows? Well, how does that impact the ministry? Um, I think it impacts it a lot and I think um, through what we've been doing in the last few years it's very much an individual seeing our children's individuals and um, you know that verse train up a child in the way they should go I've always read it as how they should go and it as a very general term but actually it's how he or she should go in the Lord and I think it's great to be capturing um, even with babies what their giftings and anointings are really on and to pray and partner with father in that um, 
I actually have written a Bible study for parents and child carers called Seeing Your Child God's Way that is really good at helping us, anyone who loves children and children who they're working with or in their family, to really engage and partner with Father God in his vision for their children. Because I think we can do an awful lot. We can pray and see, begin to see what Father is doing. And I love, you know, beginning to see the children who are really caring, you know, are always looking out for the child who's on the edge or or the children who are really fun who are really energetic and actually it's the strong-willed children isn't it the ones you know the parents sort of come in I know I've been the same you come in sort of like feeling like you've been run over and you know and I get this child is so exciting how's God going to use them how's God going to shape this energy and shape this will for his kingdom so I think yeah it's really exciting to know that yeah, I love the idea that God knows the call on our children's lives. And then he kind of went, okay, this is their calling. What's the best setting for me to put them in for them to be able to fulfill their calling? Yeah, It's those parents who will parent them yeah. in this way. And I, I think, as you say, the more we're intentional about partnering with what the, the Holy Spirit is doing, what the Father has planned for our children, the more we're going to nurture and bring that side out of them and prepare them. And I, I love what you said, Proverbs 22, verse 6, um, train a child in the way they should go when they're old, they shall not depart from it. It's, it's their individual calling. I've never thought of it in that way. That's amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. Yeah. And so th this is something with those very youngest of children. Can we just unpack a little bit more Psalm 8, verse 2? Um, which you reference, which is out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, God has ordained strength to silence the foe and the avenger. And you said you had them walking around um, and, and it was breaking strongholds. Un unpack a little bit more of the theology that you're finding in that verse for us. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is it is is by faith and it's prophetic. Um, as leaders, we can walk in that. I mean, the children might not have put those sentences together, and their understanding might not have come as clearly. But what we are doing as leaders is um, enabling our children to walk out the truth, and um, you know, just going, just thinking about the verse where Jesus draws. His, the little ones onto his lap you know what we're wanting to do is we don't want to be like the disciples holding the children back going no 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 they're far too smelly and noisy to have anything to do with the kingdom of god you know jesus or too young too young yes yeah. too young and it's it's like actually as children's leaders what we're wanting to do is open the door and draw them into all that god has for them in the kingdom and i think this um this way of just taking this scripture and believing it and knowing it's the word of God and it's the truth and then enabling that to happen. I am, as a children's leader, I am trusting that God is doing something. I am not clear. I mean, other people may have a word that God specifically is targeting something in that. Um, but, you know, I, mean, I think I've, I've done it as well over the leaders in our church. I've got photos of children, the leaders in our church and put them on the floor and we've we've danced and sung over them. And, and that and I think when you can know people, you can be a bit more intentional about your prayers. And if you know a situation that you can pray into. But um, I think what God loves is the is the little one's innocent heart. That's what he's capturing. It's not cluttered. You know, it's very like. Well, like Caleb, you've said it, God, so you're going to do it, you know, and that's what he loves. And I think he captures that and, and God, he moves. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we might not know specifics, but I'm not too worried about that. I think when you're working with sort of not three-year-olds, you don't always see the fruit that day. You might not see the fruit for 10 years. And so a lot of working with very little ones is incredibly, I'm, you know, it's prophetic and it's, trusting God that he's at work and Holy Spirit is nurturing and training this little one for their for their destiny. Yeah and the way you're speaking it sounds like as a leader your expectation is that God is doing something and your intention is that they're going to have an encounter with the Lord when they're with you so it's not just oh well we'll just sing some sweet songs and have a nice time together but it's actually we're, we're expecting that something is going to shift in these children's lives, that their hunger for God is going to be provoked as they meet with him and, and we come together. Uh, I know one of the things we say with leaders for this age is don't just sing the songs when it comes to the worship time, but 
use that as an opportunity to worship yourself. So we create this atmosphere of worship for the children to join in and they'll be they, they, they'll be caught up in this atmosphere of worship and just join in with it without necessarily being able to put into words because they can't speak yet some of them well you know oh I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit today this is what happened but it's just that yeah. sense of they meeting God they're meeting the Lord yeah. who knit them together in the mother's womb who knew them and, uh, and we, we talk about before you and I, I know John the Baptist in the womb, leaping in response yeah. to Jesus in the womb of Mary. And John was third trimester, Jesus's first trimester. We know that because there's six months between them. The, this sense of being able to encounter the Lord when they're young, even if we can't fully describe what that looks like and, and what it might what it might come come out like in some way. So I, I love all that you're saying, Sam. I really do. That's why I'm so enjoying this. I, I wonder if you could unpack a little bit more about being intentional that the, the father's going to meet with these children. What would your preparation look like? What would a typical session look like when you're working with the zero to three age group in particular? What, what's your kind of anticipation that something's going to happen in that moment? Well, I think more recently, um, again, Katie Wilson in Belfast, I saw her model some material there that gave space for the Holy Spirit to work and for us as leaders to partner in that. And I think what I have really learned is to back off, really, really back off, because we come armed, don't we? We can come armed into these groups, like here's my teaching program, here's my craft, here's my this, here's my that. We're all gonna be amazing. It's all gonna be amazing and it will be amazing. And um, But what I think we can tend to do is to put stuff on our children. That, you know, this is the story today with the we're doing and this is what you're gonna learn from it. And I think what I've learned is to just back off completely so um we have a program that we've written called his presence which just frames a session with songs that we can allow the children to explore and wonder um at what god is doing and we're changing our language as well so it's like i wonder what your favorite part of the story was i wonder what jesus was doing here i wonder what jesus wanted to say oh i wonder what if that little boy wasn't there, what would have happened? You know, all these things to just unpack. Um, godly play has really helped me. I don't know if you've dipped your toe in godly play, but I've really loved their language and the way they do just back off and let the children wonder and explore. So I think um, I do come, I love to wrap things up in a promise of God. I love to take in a promise of God that I will um, hang a Bible story off and was a promise of God that I can speak over children in a prayer time. Um, things to do with their identity in God is so brilliant that we're building that up in our children, that they are strengthened in who they are in God so they can be um, warriors for him and um so i think that i've learned just to back off and to just um not panic if it goes off plan and that is something i've really really wrestled with because i think it often looks really messy when god shows up and there's been moments where i thought goodness me if the pastor of the church walks in now they're going to think i've completely lost control and what on earth is happening <laughs> you know because um you just think it's just looking messy but we've just got to learn to go with the mess and um you know trevor johnson from glory kiss he always used to say didn't he, he always says um hold the program lightly just hold it all lightly because be ready to go off track and be ready to catch what the children are catching and to run with that and i think our language does help pull that out of the children um i remember doing um the story of easter with three and four year olds actually. And I said to this little girl, what was your favorite part of the story? And she said, when everybody was crying. And I kind of stood there kind of, you know, there's moments where you think, okay, God, I, I, I just don't know what to do now. I don't, God, I hope you're here because <laughs> this is, uh, and I, I was just like, I, I just expanded with her. I said, oh, why was that your favorite part? And she said, well, I cry sometimes and it's okay to cry. And it just blew my mind because I thought, no way would I have gone into that session thinking, right, we're going to do the Easter story and we're all going to come out of here but knowing that it's okay to cry. Hmm. And there's no way I would have gone in with that. And it was just so exciting to see the Holy Spirit at work. And that's what she needed to hear that day. 
and that was important for her and the whole session had allowed that to happen and that's that's my heart really yeah beautiful so you're anticipating that every child might come away with something different but you've provided the bible story and then the space for those children to reflect on it as well as framing it with language are there other ways that you help children to unpack some of the bible stories um, that you're sharing um i think being creative and again this is very godly play but you know like if you're doing jonah for instance you know there's ways to unpack the story not just with the bible so to use your play times you know to have the water play out to have fishes out to you know just different ways not real fish obviously <laughs> to, have, to just have different ways for the children to unpack the story not all of them are going to receive it by listening some of them are going to want to be active you know um it's just exploring different ways creatively um that we can do that um i i think i've just picked up different ways along you know different ideas along the way that um that have helped me with this um flame creative are very good and they do these wonderful play-doh prayer mats which are um, just a picture that you laminate and the children decorate with play-doh and it can become a very prayerful um uh exercise and and what the children love is they get their own little pot of play-doh well that's excitement enough isn't it to have your own little pot of play-doh and and they spend ages doing that and it gives opportunity for leaders to come alongside and saying you know oh who's that you're putting the play-doh on why does they need to know god's love what's happening in that person's life and we can start to um to unpack that i think it's very important that we're just drawing out we're not putting on the child even if they've done a drawing and that's what God has told them you know this picture is all about the seaside and we it, it, it's very quick we can be very quick to interpret for them can't we and think mm. oh God must be saying this and God must be saying that but actually let's draw out draw out from them as much as possible so things like the play-doh prayer mats give time creative ways just chatting over different you know because Jonah's whale was very smelly so you have, can have different smells and you know just thinking about different fun things that yeah can draw things out for the children well so it's really multi-sensory to inspire their imaginations to to kind yeah, of definitely. discover the lord in the story for themselves as they're imagining themselves as part of that that's beautiful what's the youngest age that you would tell a Bible story too, because I mean, obviously when you're talking about three-year-olds, no problem, they can engage in this way. I think most people will see that the Play-Doh craft activity is going to work well. If you're talking about a three-month-old, they're more likely to suck the Play-Doh than have any understanding of where they're <laughs> sticking it on the page. So what, what's your youngest age, do you think, that can grasp something through the Bible stories? I think um, I think the they're just the the um beauty of looking at a bible with a baby is very precious and making that a very special time um even within a you know setting within church not even at home but just to we kind of very much have bible time like the bibles are coming out and this is a special time and we just even modeling we're looking at the bibles and pointing what can we see you know a sheep you know, a brave man, we can see Jesus, you know, and often the older ones who've got language might carry that for you a bit. But I think there's, it's, it's amazing to just be building into, you know, from birth, from little ones, just the, the joy of looking at God's word together, that, you know, what's God saying to us today, what can we catch from him today, you know, and um, yes, it might feel like you are leading it very much, with a very little one but don't underestimate what holy spirit is doing yeah I, I agree with you I, th I think if a baby in the womb can engage with god in some way then a baby out of the womb can as well that there's no limits on what the law can do they are like spiritual sponges ready to absorb and I, we, we actually had a one of our children in our crash program who was he must have been about maybe about five or six months old he certainly wasn't speaking he uh, he was sat in a bouncer um, but whenever we read the Bible story, he had to sit next to the person reading the Bible story. Otherwise, he'd cry. 
Yes. And uh, we tried other stories. He wasn't that bothered by interesting, you know, we thought, oh, is this, he just wants to be able to see the book. Is that what his mum does? You know, that kind of natural side of things. Um, and that would have been great in and of itself, but we recognized that actually other stories he wasn't that interested in, but stories from the Bible, there was something in him that in his spirit being that wanted to be there, we started to nickname him um, the preacher boy. Oh, it's our little yeah. preacher. He's got, because yeah. we saw this love for the word that the Lord had put in him even before he was able to speak, let alone read the words for himself. Yeah. But he just loved to engage with those stories along the way. And, and I think that's some of what you've been speaking about earlier when you were saying identifying the callings of God and recognizing that each child's going to have their own individual unique calling on their lives. Um, we'll stay with the, the crash programs for a little bit more. Um, and then I want to dig more into parenting because I know you've done a lot of work to help and support parents as well. And you've touched on your parenting course. Um, within the crash program, what what kind of things have you established beyond just teaching the word, doing an activity, worshipping and uh, worshipping with the children? So those are all kind of ministry opportunities we set up for the children. Do you have other structures, other things in place? Um, I, I guess I'm thinking part praying for the children. Uh, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to narrow it down too much, but are there other things that you would do to help see these children become those Caleb's that you've spoken about, who'll be able to possess the land that the Lord has given them? Yeah, well, I think the parenting thing is key because it obviously as children's leaders, we only see the children for a little bit of the week. So really encouraging the parents. I think um, around that, um, I, I love to um, really speak a positive word to the parent about their child as they leave the session so that the, the you know, oh, I saw your child be really loving towards this other one. Say, oh, your child was so patient today or your child was so considerate and caring. And just to speak those words over them is really important because it only obviously encourages the child, but it is encouraging the parents also to just help them see their child. Um, I think um, right now, I, um, I think I'd love to be able to see some of these, um, what we're doing on a Sunday, go into the home as well. So it does become a consistent thing. I think prayer before the session starts. I mean, it's so important that as a team, we're all on the same page doing doing this it's um and setting an expectation for any parents that are still in the room as well that this is a special time it's not you know time to chat about your latest whatever happens this week you know <laughs> just to really protect that time because i think um you know it is it is quite um not not everybody thinks like this so you, it's a real opportunity to train and model um, for other leaders and for other um, parents as well to just see that they can have a different perspective on their child's life and see see it from a different angle and as a team it's so important to be standing with one another because you'll catch different things you know and especially for the person who's leading it often you've, you've got your mind full of lots of things so if another leader says oh no I saw that look what that child's doing over there you know it's so good to just work together as a team on that so yeah, yeah great. that answers the question. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we're not on our own in this, is it? And I think that's uh -huh. a that's a good reminder, having those spiritual eyes open and the expectation there. Uh, I, I know one of the things we've often said is the creche is not a babysitting service. Mm -hmm. It's it's a ministry. That doesn't mean to say we don't babysit and look after the children whilst their parents are there. We do look after them, we do take care of them, but but actually we're there because we want to minister to them and, and to allow the Lord to minister to them and them to minister mm -hmm. to the Lord. And if they are able to worship, um, which they are, Psalm 8-2 tells us, out of their mouths he's ordained that praise, then their praise being pure, as you, you've alluded to from their, their un, I love the way you phrase it, uncluttered hearts, that means this is a holy space. Mm. It's, not, it's yeah. not a gossip corner, it's a holy space that we're treading yeah. into. So we better make sure we're ready and our, our hearts are prepared to meet the Lord in that space yeah, as well. And it's a challenge to protect that, if I'm honest, you know, because you, you know, all sorts of people come into the creation room, don't they? And um, it is a challenge to protect that sometimes. But I think the worship is another area when you're talking about, you know, the baby babies, you know, reading the word, the baby babies can definitely, you know, be worshipping. So, yeah. um, as well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and how do you protect it? I, I mean, I'm picturing, so... You, there's, you've mentioned adults that you can encourage them. 
but we all know if you work with this age group, you're going to have the odd week when everybody cries <laughs> and it's, hey, come and sit on the story mat and nobody comes. <laughs> or you, you bring one and by the time you've got another one, the first one's wandered off. How do, what, what kind of practical tips can you give us for people who are working with them? And going, yes, I, I see this. I want my children to encounter the Lord. I see they've got a call in their life. I understand that they are made in God's image, that they're not saints in waiting, but they can, they can connect with the Holy Spirit now I see all the theology sounds great but practically (laughs) what to do when it when when it goes pear-shaped I know I I think um drinks and biscuits are always really exciting so if we can (laughs) do drinks and biscuits with Bibles that's even better um I've got a funny story about that actually I remember once asking a little one if they'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they just said no they'd like a biscuit I I just love that don't you I just like (laughs) right okay yeah let's just go with the biscuit so um they're very important snack time's very important I mean I think I think what I've really really loved really sort of found especially in recent years is just how much fun God's having to and to just be really um not too hard on myself Mm. um and you know this whole thing of being out of control as a leader is really tough and I've had moments where I've booked it up I've messed it up because I wasn't prepared to be out of control Mm. and and I've missed it and I I kind of go to God at the end going oh man I completely blew it I completely missed what what you were doing I wasn't prepared to go out I wasn't prepared to go off the plan because what would the other leaders think of me? You know, they completely think I've lost it. And um, I just really felt God's grace, actually, and just his heart of all, okay, Sam, you did you did miss it, but that's okay, because you recognize you missed it. So next time, you won't miss it. Do you see what I mean? And I, I, yeah. just, I just really felt God's tenderness in it. And if you do have a morning when no one wants to sit still and it all goes pear-shaped, well, I just let it go. I just let it go and I think well you know just pray and do worship and if we're all feeling really bouncy right let's be bouncy you know and let's go with it and and just be kind to yourself in it because you're right some weeks it just feels like it's going all over the place and everybody's grumpy or you know everybody's snatching toys and everything and it's it is thinking on the spot, isn't it? And thinking, right, do I need to change tack or, or what do I need to do? But I think um, I think just generally, I've just noticed it. I've just really recognized God's, just love the fact that we're going for it. You know, we're going for this. And some weeks it might look a bit messier than others, but that's okay because we're going in the right direction. <laughs> and, and it's always those weeks when the preacher overruns in the adult yeah. service, it feels like, isn't it? <laughs> it's kind of that. Now you, you've mentioned being out of control a few times. Can you just clarify what you mean by that? Do you mean that um, you've lost control of the behavior in the room of the children? <laughs> so they're throwing things at each other and it's like, oh, it's all okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, I'm suspecting that that's not what you actually mean by that. But I, I, ju- I just wanna clarify in case people are listening thinking, well, we're not really in control in our group and it's chaos. So that yeah. we, do, we do need to bring some discipline and order. And, and I think structure is huge, isn't it? That kind of rhythm and routine that the children know First we do this and then we move to this. And after this, there will be snack time, you know, what well, the yeah. little things we can put in that can help the children who, are, who they love routine. They love the rhythm. They love the telling of stories. They love those encounter moments. And if there's a similar pattern each time, um, then, then we're in a place where they're able to encounter the Lord. So when you talk about being out of control, I don't think you're meaning that it's absolute chaos and people are getting hurt. <laughs> don't think I'd still be doing this if that was the case but it was okay just no, checking. I mean, I think, so tell us what you do mean I mean I think okay so one example um was uh, I'd had this whole thing planned for an encounter with God and I'd got I'd made a river out of netting and we were lying the river of God down and I'd had this whole whole thing right we're going to sing one song and then we're going to go into the river and we're going to sing another song and then we're going to get the pens and papers out and we're going to draw us in the river of God with with Jesus and um so we I had this all planned this whole thing was going to go like this and then we started at the beginning of the first song this child just threw himself in the river and I'm like, no, 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 that's not happening yet. That's on the third song. 
(laughs) And I was like, I think that's what I mean by out of control is that you've got a plan, but the children take it off onto another plan. And you have to think on the spot, what am I going to do? Mm. Because this isn't what, how I thought it was going to go. This isn't how I've planned for it to go. And, um, and it takes a lot of, well, for me, it takes a lot of courage to then go, Oh, okay. Right. Now I actually blew That was the set. That was one I blew that I blew that one because I told him to get out of the river. Now, and why on earth did I do that? I've got no idea because, but you know, I just couldn't at that point, this was about sort of seven years ago. I, I, I was still learning to do that. And it's um, now I just say, right, let's all jump in the river, you know, because he was ahead of me. He yeah. got it. He'd got it. And um, I think that's what I'm meaning. I think it's, um, yeah. And, and, you know, and I was remembering another time when we were praying, we actually had the leaders of the church in the session, this was three and four year olds, and we were praying and um, I can't remember what some, one of the little boys, you know, cheeky little boys was saying something about a kiss, and they they all got the giggles, they all got the giggles, and you know, we're trying to play, we're trying to pray for our leaders. You know, this is quite a serious moment, and they all just got the giggles, and um, it actually was really quite, quite lovely because it was God was really just showing His heart of love for these leaders. I think so. That's what I'm, I'm kind of meaning that it's just, um, yeah, it's just going with the flow. Learning as a, as the leader, it's okay to just go with the flow, and be at peace with that. Yeah, and some of that is the understanding you brought us earlier, which is these children can connect with God for themselves. And therefore, because they're able to connect with the Lord, then then it might be that they have the prophetic edge on which way the ministry should go. So giving them the freedom to sometimes lead, that's not an abdication of our leadership. That's us taking the role of overseer in the room rather than instructor and director. Um, and, And certainly within church structure, we read Corinthians speaks about each one of you brings a word, each one brings a song or a psalm or something to allow that setting where the children go, oh, can we sing this song or or jump in the river, even if it's not time to yet, that you go, hang on, maybe maybe they maybe we need to be with the plot of what they're doing at that moment. Um, because we understand our role as facilitators, not not the ones who hold the reins. It's the Lord who holds the reins of this this session. Our job is to follow his leading, and that might be directly leading through us, through one of the other leaders, or, or through the children themselves. Yeah, yeah so I love that. that. That's that's really important. I think that's, you know, to that out of control thing is, is to remember, well, actually, I might be feeling out of control, but God's in control. The yeah. Holy Spirit's got that. And actually, that's quite reassuring as a leader. It's like, well, Holy Spirit, you're doing this. So um, I'm backing off. Holy Spirit, you come in, and we're going with where we see that, yeah, the children are leading us, which is really exciting, much more exciting, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, earlier on, you also mentioned about speaking nice words to parents. And uh, I, I think for me, this is one of the things we cannot oversell. Most parents I know feel like they're failing at some point. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. uh, am, am I or being too harsh or not not strict enough? Am I um, giving them enough to eat or not enough to eat? Are they getting enough sleep? Am I getting enough sleep? No. Um, <laughs> there's this kind of pressure on us to, am I going to totally mess up their life because one time I gave in to them and gave them a biscuit when I'd already told them, no, is their life now ruined forever? Or I missed that opportunity to pray about something and I just went into practical, we need to fix it mode because they were crying with a cut on their knee have i now ruined their walk with god forever that, that we have we we kind of it's a lot of it is self-imposed pressure and i think some of it can also be the perception of how others might view us as a parent that that we come to church often feeling um guilty <laughs> or uh, I, I i i joke with parents a lot that they kind of we all drive up to the church you know you're shouting at your kid get your seatbelt on stop fighting with each other Rah! and then as soon as you arrive you slam the door shut then you all walk in hallelujah hello brother god bless you so good to be here and we, we kind of put our church face on if we're not careful yeah um that that actually we're, we're called to be the same people at home as we are elsewhere and that's so freeing i think one of the greatest blessings of my children is saying dad you're the same wherever you are we love it that that's kind of oh good that means i'm not putting on a show oh thank goodness for that (laughs) but but if we if we have that mindset as leaders and this is even if you don't have your own children 
you can have this mindset that the parents who are there need to be encouraged. Um, uh, we're not going to go far wrong along the way. We, we had one of um, one of our children's workers. She was very, very strong on saying, read the Bible every day with your children. And uh, she would call together the noughts to threes and say, whose who's mummy did not read you the Bible? And then afterwards, she would call them parents and go, you haven't been reading the Bible? He's like, well, we don't really have a toddler one, but there's the church bookstore, go buy one now. <laughs> she came to me about two years later, maybe, no, maybe about four years after this, she went, I cannot believe I used to speak to the parents like that. Because now she was juggling two kids. <laughs> and she was like, okay, yeah. if I make it to church less than 10 minutes late, I feel like I've achieved. And here I was saying to these parents there, but you know, God used all of that and stirred some of the parents to to take their their role in discipling the children a bit more seriously yeah. along the way. Um, have, what what kind of you've shared a few words that you would give? Are there some times where there's been a prophetic edge to those words that you give to the parents, and and what's that kind of communication like prophetically? Um, I think for me personally. Um, that may have come like a dedication or something, you know, where you have an opportunity to um, pray for children. And that is kind of very much the culture around it to pray into, you know, the children's future. I think, yeah, prophetic words have come. I've had words for children at that point. Um, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, we did look into actually um, uh, in my last church to have um, journals where we wrote down what God was saying each week and actually what God had done each week. We tried to keep a record of what God was doing because I think that's a brilliant tool for parents to have, um, you know, to have as their children go through the children's groups is to have like a journal of what God has been doing. It's very difficult, isn't it, to capture everything to a parent as, oh no, we've done the story of Jonah this morning. Well, you know, you can't really get it's really difficult to get much more across when there's 10 parents that all run more at the door. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's great to be able to write things down as, as you see them because it's, you think you're going to remember, but you yeah, don't really, but it's. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, we, we often as leaders, um, we challenge each other. What was God doing this week? Um, and that's particularly interesting when you get to one of those weeks where there were more criers. <laughs> it only takes one to be in a screaming mode, doesn't it? And it can offset everybody else along the way. And I, I, hopefully people listening, if you work with this age, that doesn't happen every week. If, if it does, then you need you need help. <laughs> Something needs to be tackled there. But the odd occasion, even on those weeks which felt a bit rawer for us, to come together and go, what was the Lord doing this week? Really <laughs> and you good. know, someone will initially go, I've no idea. <laughs> That's our first. <laughs> well, you know, we managed to return all the kids to their parents. Yeah. I guess yeah. that was a plus. Um, but then you begin to to say, well, hang on, this one used to be the first to cry. They didn't cry at all. Oh yeah. And and this one, there just seemed to be a peace around them. And do you notice how they comfort it? And you begin to unpack that the Lord was moving and doing things. And yes, everyone cried the whole time, all the way through. It felt like, but. When we sang that one song, do you notice nobody cried? Mm. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. So just that business of being intentional before, but I think also being intentional afterwards to see exactly. what has the Lord done helps yeah. us to frame things in a way that our expectation is the Lord is moving. He is doing things and he's laying a foundation that we won't fully understand until we get to mm -hmm. heaven and mm -hmm. see, oh, yes, they served the Lord faithfully until they were 93 years old. <laughs> and the root of that began when they were in this under fives age group along the way. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about crash, quite a lot about crash programs. I want to, if it's OK, shift the focus on to the parenting side of things. Parenting this under fives, you have done a lot, a lot of things of this. You, you've alluded to a course um, that you have on your website and the, the link for that is all in the description. Can you um, tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think um, it really has come from my own walk with my own three children, just really how we can um, partner with Father in his vision for their lives and um, through prayer. And I think, as you were saying earlier, you know, parents are frazzled by this whole thing of, you know, yeah, what, what do I feed them? What do, which school do they go to? You know, which are the best organic cotton clothes to wear? All of this is all coming at them. And um, comparison is a huge thing. I mean, 
mean, I, my children are grown up now, but I remember being on the school path, you know, that whole comparison thing, my child's doing this or my child's doing that. And we could, it's so easy. I know I did just get caught up in that. And I think just to pull back a bit and just to start to get God's perspective on our children and to see him as he to see them as he sees them and to um, start praying into that and praying for strategies to for different behaviors or different strengths they have just was really um yeah it just came out of my heart my own heart my youngest two children are adopted and because I then don't have obviously the genetic connection you know these children could grow up to be uh, who knows you know what the giftings that have come down from their life their generations from their birth family and it just threw me onto God into a way where I was like God you need to show me because I can see with my natural eyes, but God, I want to see what you've put in them in a, in, in a, in a new way. And I think that's what that came from. And especially um, my youngest daughter is very, very bold and um, very out there. And that's not really who I am. <laughs> and she, you know, even from a young age, I mean, I, I lost her in the library once. And um, I, I, I left her, and literally, I walked away for a minute, and um, or I turned around to see her marching through the library with about five staff. She must only have been about four. Yes, my mother has got curly hair, and and she so she'd lost me. So she went and got all this all these librarians to come and find me, and I was like, oh my gosh who are you what is she doing it's just she completely blew my mind in so many ways and I was like gosh I really need to understand her God how do I parent this child who's very different to me you know and um so that's kind of where it all came from um but also yeah just the you know the just the importance really of um of really praying into our children's destiny and um yeah, so that's where it came from, the seeing your child's God's way. So praying into your children's destiny feels like a huge prayer request that I, I, where would you even begin with that? Yeah, well, yeah, I can, I can understand, <laughs> I can understand. I think, I think what it came from was for me to see in the Bible how other parents did it. So, and it, it's different for each of us. You know, so um, we, some of us might get very little from God, some of us might get more from God. And that's, I don't know why that is, it's, that's dependent on us or what that ch our child's going to be doing. But um, I mean, I looked at Mary, mother of Jesus, who was, you know, who had a vision for her child's life, but still the way she held it. She, she held it as a treasure really and protected it mm -hmm. and looked after it and let it nurture in her heart. I think when God gives us stuff for our children, it's incredibly precious. You know, if, if we get a sense that our child's going to be a policeman, you know, probably the worst thing we can do is tell them that God's told them they're going to be a policeman because if they're in, in children like mine, it's like, well, if mum's said it, I'm not going to do it. You know, so, um, you know, it's incredibly important how we use the words God gives us and people like Mordecai, who really was instrumental in Esther going, you know, to go and be trained to be the queen. And, you know, it was from, through his prompting that she did that. And um, being alongside our children, standing with them and encouraging them. It's not big. This isn't praying for our children's destiny isn't a big mountain. It's step by step, day by day. It's encouraging them. It's saying, oh, you know, maybe a drama club would be good. Or, you know, it's just taking little things. And um, I think, Again, through, through having adopted children, sometimes you have to look behind behaviours. What you get expressed to you, you need to understand more fully by, by going behind it and looking at the root of it. And I think um, as well with this, it's with our, with our children's behaviours and with, their, with um, how God can show us more about them. We just need to go behind that a bit and pray behind it. Does that make sense? So it's not always about the everyday what we're seeing, but it's about the foundations of prayer that are going in as well. Yeah, so it's not, <clears throat> Lord, stop them being angry and having these temper tantrums. It's, Lord, why are they being so angry yeah. and having these temper tantrums? Reveal yeah. what's, what's going on inside of them. Do they, are they feel, you know, and it can be all kinds of things. It can just be that they need to learn boundaries and 
that's okay then okay this is part of their journey but it could be that actually they're feeling like they're being squashed and hampered and and then that's going to change i i i i'm kind of squirm slightly every time i read fathers do not exasperate your children because i think that verse should be the other way around <laughs> <laughs> children do not exasperate your fathers you know it's like oh you've left your stuff out again why are you not doing what i've asked you to do it was a simple thing i sent you upstairs to do to one thing and you you know tidy your room and all you did was mess your room up more it's like ah but actually it's a reminder that it's it's easy for us to go too far and actually exasperate our children so i, I think finding not just the emotions are displaying they're like warning lights on the dashboard of a car aren't they for our yeah. children we, we see okay there's something going on here they're not as happy as they used to be what's going on here or they they're getting very worried and fearful what's going on here and when we look behind that it, it can instruct our prayer lives more rather than just lord help them not to be scared but lord give them a confidence in you Give them a comfort, help them to see the gold you've put them in, the goodness that you mm. put them. It, it really does shape our prayers in a totally different way. Because I, yeah. I wonder if you've got a couple of examples of that which you're able to share with us. Without, I don't, I'm not asking you to um, disclose deep things of your children's <laughs> lives without their permission. Uh, so it might be not your children or someone else's children, where you're able to show how how a child's been nurtured in prayer by taking this approach of what what is their destiny, what is their calling. Um, or maybe it's something like Mary treasured all these things in her heart. I, I love that phrase that Mary yeah. saw what God was doing and just went, you know, I'm holding on to that. We're going to we'll just hold on to that one. Yeah. I think um, I'm struggling to think of an example like that, but I think um, it, it's, it's, it, what this does is give you a strength as a parent to hold on to it, even in the times where that's not looking like it's happening. Mm. Um, I mean, um, my son had a prophetic word about um, him being involved in some sort of policing when he was younger. And um, we talked about that. And it, anyway, he was insistent as he went through GCSEs and A-levels, he was going into the business world. I'm going to do a business degree, da, da, da. And that was it. And I you know I just, you know, held it all lightly, but, you know, praying God, you know, you're just trusting that you're leading and guiding him. And you know that UCAS form they have to fill in where they have to do this kind of personal statement. And he was just about to send that off. And he, when he came home, he went, no, I've got to do policing. I've got, mm -hmm. and he overnight changed his mind wow. and completely changed his application. And um, and I thought, and, and he, he isn't walking with God um, really at the moment, well, not at all. And I just think, God, you are at work here. You know, I've been praying and trusting you and you are at work and it's, it might not always look like I want it to look. But I think what this praying like this gives us is reassurance that God is holding our children. This isn't all about us. Mm. You know, it's, um, yeah, you know, we, we can blow it some days and that's okay, you know, and God, God is bigger than all of that. And um, I think especially as our children get into grown up years, we just haven't got the control that's another it's come up again um we haven't got the control that we can't just bundle them in the car and tell them what to eat you know this they're taking their own responsibility for things and that's where this this kind of attitude of prayer becomes you know i'm just so grateful that i can walk praying into my children's destiny but knowing god's got it you know i can be um i learned this brilliant um term recently called the curious advisor you know for my adult children i'm the curious advisor you know because i can't just tell them what to do but i can i can just be the you know the person to lean on or to support and bounce things off so it's um god changes our roles in different seasons of parenting but i think this it just takes us through a all age groups really mm. it's um yeah yeah and we can trust that we've we've done our part to lay a foundation yeah it's over to the lord and if we haven't done our part and we look back and go if only i'd known all these things 30 years ago then actually our god is big enough as we as we pray before him he's able to turn the destiny of people back to what he's called them to be one of our favorite sayings is a season is not a life sentence uh, as parents our children do go through seasons they go through seasons where they love reading the word and seasons where they don't seasons where they can't wait to get to church and seasons where they can't wait to get home <laughs> um, and, and 
same in teenage years and up into the adult years, but a season's not a life sentence. The life sentence is the call of God that is on their life. That, that's and, what and that, rooted to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that's why it's so important to enjoy each season, isn't it? Because they mm. pass too quickly. They yeah. pass too quickly, so um, yeah. Sam, is there something as we come to an end together, is there something that you would like to share prophetically for this next generation? You've talked a bit about Caleb so maybe you just want to unpack a little bit more of what you see rising up in this Caleb generation um, or maybe maybe something else you'd like to share to encourage people either working with under fives or people who are parents themselves. Yeah, I think um, I think those working with under fives, you know, I think it's just be brave, be brave to step out of the boat and do it differently. Um, to be brave to come out of a program that may be limiting you or stifling the Holy Spirit. Um, I think it's, um, it, it definitely, you will see the fruit and it will be exciting. And um, I think my heart is that for early years that we, you know, it becomes the place to be in the church. You know, let's go and work with the early years because that's where God is moving. That's where we're seeing God. And um, I think just the recognition that, um, what we do with these little ones is so strategically important and you know encounters with God at this young age will I don't know if I've said this before but just really hold them into and through their teenage years because it's something that as parents you remember and it's something that as and they remember too because they've caught God they've met him and it's not just all head knowledge this is in their heart and um that, I think that's just really exciting, just the passion to um, see children encounter God and to nurture, just to validate for them as well that, you know, we talked about the fact that they are seeing the supernatural, you know, I want to validate that for them, you know, so that's great, that's good, you can see angels over there, that's amazing, Jesus is in the room over there, what, you know, what else is she doing, just to really encourage that in them, and so they're not thinking, oh gosh, not that they would, but, you know, as they get older, they might be thinking, oh, is this only happening to me, what do I do with this, you know, so it is equipping them, so that they can go on and be warriors, and I think, um, you know, I think we're in exciting times, aren't we, as in the world? It's, it's, it, it's been, you know, a scary 18 months, but I think um, as we come back together, I, I just think, you know, this is an opportunity. This is, you kind of feel, okay, let's not mess around anymore. This is, let's just really go for it. You know, it's um, not that we were messing around, but it's like, let's take this seriously. Our little ones, you know, in 10, 15 years will be in there early 20s you know and they're going to be leading us into revival you know are they going to be the next prime minister are they going to be leaders in our industries you know what are they going to be doing and do what what is our opportunity now um, as parents and as children's leaders to invest and invest and like that prophecy right at the beginning to train them to train them and um there was I was looking into that word actually train and um, it's um, evidently it comes from a Hebrew meaning of the midwives used to mush up dates did you know this mush up dates and put it in the soft palate of a baby's mouth to encourage them to um, feed and um, so this is yeah, that's where that word training is coming from so it's like we're giving them our babies a taste it's like taste, we want you to have more, we want you to grow into the more, and it's like with the naught to three-year-olds, it's like let's give them this taste that they're hungry and they keep that sense of knowing God's presence alive and awake so they can just run, really, that they don't get to the age of six and have to start learning it, you know, that they are just running from birth into all the good food that God has for them, so, um, and not through pressure, and not through you must do it this way but it's coming from very much catching the holy spirit for them and for that moment so um oh yeah i'm really excited i'm really excited by um all god is doing excited to run with what our holy spirit is doing and to back off <laughs> yeah the, the lord has chosen these children to be alive at this time to fulfill yes. to grow up to fulfill his purposes for the mm -hmm. season this world is in and uh, mm. what an immense privilege it is mm. to raise this generation to live for the Lord. Sam, would yeah. you pray for us and uh, mm. pray for this generation as we come to a close? Yeah.
Yeah, Father God, we thank you for our little ones. We thank you for the babies in the womb. We thank you for the baby babies and we thank you for toddlers. Thank you for the way they express your kingdom. Father, help us as grown-ups to open our hearts, open our eyes, open our ears to all that you are showing them through the Holy Spirit. Help us to catch from them all that you are revealing about your kingdom and equip us, Father, to train them. Equip us, Father, to give them that taste of you that gives them a hunger and an encounter for more of you that takes them into their adulthood, Father God, as warriors, as revivalists to bring us into the promised land. Father, we just want to pray a, pray a blessing over everyone that's watching this, Father, over their children that they are in their lives, whether it's their own or whether they're looking after others. Father God, I just thank you that you will um, expand their heart. Holy Spirit, come and anoint them with fresh hope fresh vision father for all that they're doing and bless them father i just pray an ease over it all lord jesus i pray that you remove the burden of this take the weight off father take the weight off them and give them an ease give them a joy a joy in all that they're doing with their children that they can partner with your joy you love being with the little ones and father let us partner in all of that with you lords thank you father Amen. Amen. Well, Sam, thank you so much for sharing your heart. Well, no, God's heart, let me say, for Definitely the under fives. Thank you so much for giving your time oh, for it's this. It's been a privilege. It's been a privilege. Thanks, Ollie. And thank you so much for joining in as well. And if you want to hear more conversations like this, don't forget to subscribe.